Hey, Carbon, is this Carbon? Yeah, Kevin, let me make you the speaker also. I'm waiting for Heidi. What do you think that... I can't hear you. Could you repeat? Are you there? Are you yeah, there? I'm here. Um, I had I was doing a show earlier, and um, I have a headset on, so I muted the mic on the headset. So when I unmuted, <laughs> it didn't matter whether I unmuted or not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a fly with me. I uh, what I say? Uh, your name's Kevin. Is that correct? Yeah. I should call you Kevin, right? Because yeah. I remember you, when you and Heidi are talking. Yeah, actually, today's episode, uh, the main main character is Heidi because, uh, you know, I want her to talk about uh, how much it cost. She did a great job last night defending it in uh, Lee's room, I think. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, okay, she, did a great, not... or she did a great job debating it, the, the issue, anyways, okay. I should say. I, I, you know, I want to correct myself and make sure it's, you know. Yeah, I, I am going to play devil's advocates, you know, even though, I, you know, everybody knows where I stand. But, uh, but uh, you know, I kind of – but. I think it's more appropriate for for women to talk about that and uh, and know that men, so, should so have, you, you, men should have a limited role in the in the say of abortion, and it should just be a say. Exactly, exactly. Guess what? You exactly. only pumped her full of sperm. You didn't fucking take it to term. Exactly. You take it to term. You get to change whether it comes out of you or not. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I just love those. Uh, those uh, uh, original American original uh, thinking process. Keep right. it simple. Cut the chase. Go to the root of it. And it's like for us. any Republicans out there, guess what? Abortions are only okay for your mistresses. <laughs> and then you do your little fucking apology walk, and then you're all fucking good. Yeah, exactly. 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 I, uh, if you want to have it always- that way, we tar and feather you in the streets while you're doing it. I was debating with uh, this uh, uh, lawyer friend of mine who is Jewish, and I said, uh, I doubt that uh, most of those uh, sexual misconduct by the priests are with the boys. Um, I would say majority of the priests are heterosexual, so I'm pretty sure they must have some kind of abortions with the nuns over there. <laughs> he had a good laugh. I was like, it's a shame that we do not have the medical records. Oh, there's Heidi. Them. There's Heidi. Here's Heidi. Oh, yay. Heidi, Heidi, Heidi. Heidi, I need to make you the speaker's moderator, but I don't know how to do it. Once that. you invite her up, then you can uh, promote her to moderator. Go back to her, click on her yeah. name real quick, and say. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, thank you. As a matter of fact, it's a good Kevin, thing I, I will make you the. It's a good go thing ahead. I mentioned. Go it's a good thing I mentioned this to Kevin that I was going to be doing your room. Why didn't you invite me, Peter? I, I beat you here. <laughs> because well, I found out this, Heidi. No, Heidi. I I tried many times yesterday. First of all, I find out if 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 you are not a follower of the show or something, I cannot make invite you. Oh, I do not know what well, is true. I, be, I, I will I do follow. Not know why. Okay, I will follow the room right now, or the uh, what you call it right now. That's weird. I just got a I just got an invite from Peter. Like I didn't get uh, one from the show, but I got I thought I got one from Peter. So I don't know. Okay. And I still yeah, can't my, follow my anybody. Dad, then. So that is weird. 
Did you did you see for, if there was an update? Uh yeah. I I mean I even, you know, uh closed it out. I guess I could try and reinstall and uninstall no. and reinstall. Yeah, no, no, no. What what you got to do is you got to go to the Play Store and uh, put in call in, and then if you already have it, it'll and it needs an update instead of open, it'll say update. I know it's a pain in the ass to do manually. Oh, it, doesn't, but, it doesn't auto update. I'll check it out later. I want to check. Yeah, this, it is. It's a pain in the butt, <laughs> but it's worth it because mm-hmm. your functionality will improve probably. Yeah. So, Kevin, where are you located? I am in Phoenix. Super Bowl, Phoenix, Super Bowl Phoenix, Sunday. Nice, I am nice. not going anywhere near that fucking place. <laughs> I think a TV is way better. Fucking Lee was like, I would go down there and walk around. Fuck that. Yeah. Fucking propaganda bullshit. Yes. Well, Lee is a much bigger uh, football fan than I had ever realized. It's amazing the way he was going off with Maria the other day. Oh, really? Just. Yeah, just oh my god, they were like talking for a half an hour about it. It was oh, cool. Football, football back in the nineties, I could talk for fucking hours. Yeah, back in the nineties, early two thousands, when I was still watching it. I mean, a- after about, I would say probably the Rams and the I think it was the Rams and like the Patriots. I just stopped watching like full time. Like I didn't really care. I hear you. I always enjoy watching sports, you know, like in general and football in particular, but I never followed it. I don't like set aside time for it or anything like that. It's Mm -hmm. just, yeah. No, my main thing is soccer. And the reason why I love soccer, especially when, you know, just watching it, no commercials. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kevin, (laughs) you and I are such such a same boat. Uh, 45 minutes of nonstop action, not fucking going to fucking stupid commercials every five seconds. Nice. Yeah. I I want to uh, uh, tell you share with you my my observations about football here. One thing is this: Do you guys remember three D television? Yeah, I mean, like I remember, remember they wanted to do it, but yeah, you know, I think I know why they stopped doing it because okay. they find out if they do it, nobody's going to come to the football stadium. Really? Because a three D TV will be far superior. By sitting at home, you can see every freaking angle. Oh, dude, I have a story. Um, my dad bought a 73-inch TV, one of those big, you know, fucking uh, old school the CRTs. Okay. And it was a 3D one, and I actually I got it to work once. That's how bad the 3D technology was back then. I got it to work once, and it was the fucking craziest, best shit I'd ever seen in my life. Wow. It just be imagine you can just watch the football going 3D, yeah. right? And yeah. that. And I, I, but however, this is going to totally destroy the in-person audience. Soccer in 3D would good. be fucking amazing. You think? It, it, Soccer working, in yes. 3D? Oh awesome. man, yeah. that would be fucking awesome. Yeah, that would you be know, you think, Why don't they it. talk about it? Yeah. You know, again, it's all about being capitalist, right? Well, and that's the, and that's the thing too is uh, is, is uh, you know on the IMAX they keep it in IMAX. They do you know the IMAX 3D stuff, and it's like, I mean, I went and watched Avatar, and my mind was blown when I watched that movie in 3D. That shit was uh, amazing. Yeah, that was cool. I saw it in 3D too. And the second one is about these commercials in football. I would say two thirds of the t- air time is all commercials. Yeah. Yep. So I still follow football, but I do this. Dude, dude time, 45 minute game for four hours. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. The, the way I watch football is this, in, uh, is that I will find a, you know, a nice spot that I can take a walk. So I will go to watch on a laptop or on my phone. So every time there's commercial, I take my uh, headphone off and, uh, you know, I can, I know when the game will be back and then just put on. So it's always that I will do something good for myself instead of just sitting there, watch some freaking commercials and all that. Because otherwise it's will be majority of this thing is just a waste of time and all that. So yeah, that, right. that's how I do. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what I'm going to do for because I, I, I'm stuck in Memphis. Uh, and uh, oh, here's a little story. I'm in Memphis, right? I arrived. What day is today? Today's, I arrived on Friday. Friday night, I parked in the Costco uh, parking lot. It's a well-lit area. And uh, there's a Starbucks like a 200 feet away. In the middle of the night at the nine o'clock, it's not the middle of the night yet, nine o'clock, <laughs> I heard this uh, cutting noise, very strong. And then my entire van is shaking. I said, what happened? <laughs> so I step out, there is an SUV parked right next to me. And someone is down below my, my, my truck cutting off the carburetor. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, I mean, oh, you stole your 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 uh, what you call it? Um, converter. Your catalytic converter. Yeah, I heard of that shit. Damn, I heard that <laughs> shit. I was shocked. This, I was. I'm not in any dark place. It's like well lit, like like a daylight area. It's yeah. on a major intersection. It's in the Costco's parking lot. Next, fifty feet away, I mean, probably one hundred feet away, is the Costco gas station. And 200 feet away is the Starbucks. You will uh, people think this have is done that. People have done that while cars were in par- in uh, driveways here in, in Las yeah, Vegas. You know, I, yeah, that was a big it, thing back back a couple about 10 years ago or so. Yeah, it was just fucking I guess, rampant. I guess it's a really quick job. I don't know how they get away with it. Like what? All you got to do is go under. All you got to do is go under, unscrew a couple of bolts, and bam, you're gone with it. That's like it's yeah. the fastest thing to take apart. Oh, that is yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, so the only good thing is that I got the tag of the getaway vehicle. So literally like a 15 minutes before the show that the Memphis police called me, the investigator say they have located the vehicle, <laughs> that the, okay. the, the getaway vehicle. He asked me, do you want to pursue them? I said, yes. I said, it's too brazen. I mean, they can do this at nine o'clock in this area. Yeah. They can do far more worse crimes. You know, yeah. I was telling this uh, uh, Memphis is a majority uh, a black city, right? Because uh, you can tell that this mm-hmm. is the most recent uh, uh, death of this uh, Tyree Nichols and all that, right? Oh, yeah. And all that. Mm-hmm. And I, to- I, I, to- I told this guy, I said, ironically, I, I'm on a trip to, to do studies on, 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 you know, on civil rights figures and yeah. all that and cases. I said, as a, as a, but I'm not going to let go of this kind of crime because they're just way too brazen, <laughs> you know? Yes. And uh, oh yeah, it's a big so, thing, fucking auto parts and all that shit. Yep. Yeah, yep. well, there's precious metals in catalytic converters, like yeah. platinum or something like that. Yeah, yeah, there's very valuable. Yeah, there's something there that. Yep. Interesting. So what happened? So I went to the dealer. They said it will be ten to fifteen thousand dollars to re- replace the entire exhaust system. And I said, but they told me that. Uh, uh, okay, actually, people in Memphis are very nice, uh, black and white, any colors, and uh, so in this dealer. The, this uh, mechanic, she, he's a white. He said, "There's no need to 
replace the whole thing, which will cost you ten thousand. He said, uh, he said he knows of a welder, uh, welder shop who fixed mufflers. You know, it's just ask them to patch up everything, and uh, yeah. and uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, the the lady who is a uh, the receptionist who is a black lady, she originally said it would be two hundred eight dollars to do the diagnostics, and and she said we don't charge you, just go ahead and uh, go to the. And so they're very nice. And uh, uh, so, so I mean, I'm very encouraged with America today. I actually believe people do can get along. You know, all Americans, they are very laid back, very easygoing, very open-minded, regardless of their skin color. And yeah. I truly believe it's the government that really is... The, and the media, the media, the media, too. Yeah. Oh, yes, exactly, really exactly, yep. exactly. Um, so... so so, While you're in so, Memphis, look, look up Ryan Christian from The Last American Vagabond and tell him I said hi. <laughs> uh, I think just, he's in uh, Memphis. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, I actually have to head to D.C. for the rally as soon as I'm done here. And, uh, and oh, by the way, I, I booked a, a episode called The Darkest Secret about Rosa Parks. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty hilarious stuff. And... Uh, and uh, so how about let's get to the today's episode. Uh, so we're talking about Dobbs' decision. Uh, when this thing is announced, again, greatest gift the Supreme Court ever gave to this show is the Dobbs' decision. Uh, I have thought about this long and hard before, is that when this thing is announced, I have five points as a count rebuttal to what the Supreme Court did. When is called originalism, and the theory of a sovereign person at the founding of the United States. Each of us, every one of you on the call right now, we are a sovereign person. You can Google that. A lot of Americans does not know what does what a sovereign person mean. Uh, one of the calling members, his name's Martin. He's in Norway. He actually knows what does that mean. And he also knows who John Locke is. John L-O-C-K-E. He is a very serious British scholar who provides a lot of uh, theories about the U.S. Constitution and all that. And I also, the second rebuttal I had about your Supreme Court is that the current HIPAA law, HIPAA law is a health privacy law. It's a federal law. Prohibit disclosure of a women's LMP, uh, a last menstrual, last menstrual period. Without that, you cannot... Uh, calculate the gesta uh, gestational age of a fetus. Therefore, you cannot enforce a pro uh, abortion ban because you don't have that information under the HIPAA law. So both of these two points are already federal questions. Remember, the Dobbs decision is on the theory that abortion is not in the Constitution. Therefore, it belongs to the state. It does not belong to a federal court. But the two points already said it is a federal question. The third one is about interstate telemedicine and uh, meaning your doctor may be in another state and he or she might be prescribing abortion medication to you. So I believe a lead uh, of this news debate talked about it yesterday. Is that right, uh, Heidi? Yeah, actually, he had a two-part episode. He talked about it the day before also. Both of them were six-hour-long shows. They did veer off into a lot of other subjects, but that was the okay. was the abortion pill, uh, the attempt to ban it. 
Okay. Because the, when it comes to the drugs and the proportion bill is a drug, it also become a federal question, right? We have a DEA here. It's a federal agency, okay. not a state agency. It, FDA. That's a third one. A, FDA. No, the, correct. DEA is for drug enforcement. Uh, FDA, you're correct. Is uh, for FDA drug is also a federal. Yes. Correct. They are both federal. They are not state, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So every time these these uh, abortion drugs travel across the state line, it became a federal issue. The fourth one is I call it racially disproportionate impact of that decision, meaning that I personally believe, and this is supported by people like Candace Owen, because Candace Owen believes that Dobbs' decision will save 30 million unborn black babies. Okay, to to consider what she said up in the opposite way is that basically a lot more urban youth who are more sexually active at the earlier age for societal or economic reasons, they probably need uh, abortion services more. So every time a racial issue comes in, a racially disproportionate impact of this decision, again, it's a federal issue. And uh, and so, so these are the things I have talked about. And uh, well, Lo and behold, that this federal judge, I will consider her a civil insurrection. She brought up another argument. Whether forcing a woman to bring an unplanned pregnancy into to full term and raise a child is involuntary servitude. She said that will be, a, if that's true, that is a 13th Amendment question, which again became a federal question. So I actually wanted to talk about this topic way before. I invite, I reached out to Amanda uh, to talk about this. But Amanda told me that she never had a children. So I was like, then, you know, that's not good to have her to be the guest. But I know Heidi, I can hear her kids <laughs> in the background all the time and almost all the time. So I think Heidi will be perfect, especially now this uh, this uh, this judge says there will be a question of involuntary servitude if a state, state of Mississippi or Alabama, force a a woman to carry an unplanned pregnancy to full term. I think you know. I want to hear from what Heidi has to say. By the way, Heidi, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, so don't be upset with me <laughs> after the show. Okay, you, you you can tell I'm quite argumentative and I can be a a a a main pain in the butt uh, when when we you know when we discuss this absolutely peter i had expected to actually have a debate uh and i do not mind you playing devil's advocate at all um i did want to mention the uh i had no idea that the dea was going to be possibly involved in this i hadn't considered that because uh what we talked about on lee's show was it's the fda regulation that they are targeting at the moment um, because they are trying to say that uh, the pill, uh, that the safety or the uh, the process for um, a- allowing it to uh, be authorized uh, uh, for to, you know for people to have access to it, that's what they're challenging at the moment was the FDA approval. So, but mm-hmm. it's interesting that the DEA might be involved in some way too, because I, I guess that would be trafficking illegally. If it goes to states where abortion is not allowed, that's an interesting um, take on it. Yeah, 
Yeah, my 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 goal is that I'm going to throw it back to the U.S. Supreme Court. This is a federal question. You know, you have to decide because the Supreme Court is pretend. Oh, we're dumb. We don't see that. We believe the state issue. We give it to the people of the state. You know, and yeah, the also fancy excuses, right? The right. also uh, back to this drug because I almost called in last night when Lee is talking about this. Then I was like, you know, I'm I already talked about it last year. You know, and I'm going to do it today. I did not buy it because Heidi, remember another thing. I have a scene. They say fentanyls can be mailed by first class mail from China. Now I do not know that's a fact, not, but I do know you can mail any little drugs in a little first class envelope overseas. Yeah, mail is supposed law. to be protected too. Yeah, mail yeah. is a, a federal federally it, it, protected privacy. Yeah. In other words, if there is a fancy, very good abortion drug, but it's banned by the DEA or FDA. Can people send it from Mexico or China or Canada, first-class mail or air mail? Or little, they, they, those are little pills. How much it costs for the postage? One dollar, I'm going to guess. Right. right. So how are you going to stop those? Because I just believe, like, you know, the government cannot stop people's pursuit of happiness. You know, I consider abortion is a part of the pursuit of happiness, you know, and, and all that. So, and... Uh, so that is, uh, I know Brady disagree with me on that. So, so that is uh, what I want to talk about today. But before I uh, let uh, Heidi to do the talking, I also want to bring up, because the last episode I'm going to do about this top decision is the most serious one. And I'm going to make it a very, very uh, funny and plainer so that people can, can understand. So I don't know how many of you follow this uh, uh, show called the Seinfeld. So there is an episode in Seinfeld called the Contest. So basically, uh, George, uh, Jerry, and Car- uh, uh, Kramer, they want to say, you know, they are the master of their domains, if you know what I mean, right? At that time, I think Elaine learned about it. And, and she said she wants to be, I quote, queen of the castle. So. The last episode I'm going to do, episode five for Dobbs decision, it's a very serious one. There I'm going to say the Dobbs decision was made incorrectly on its face, just using Samuel Alito's own approach. The Dobbs decision is gravely decided because you can ask if a man can be master of their domain in a legal term, can a woman be operate as a queen of her own castle. It's as simple as that. And uh, so I am going to talk about how our constitution protect the rights and privileges of a pedophile while they will not allow the same protection for women if she decided to do something with her body. So so that is the will be the last episode because I want to make it super important because that's the episode I'm going to say the Supreme Court using its own conservative approach should not have decided the way they decided. Okay, so so that in a nutshell is uh, is what I intend to do about this uh, this topic. Uh, this uh, newly uh, this federal judge uh, again I consider her a civil insurrectionist. She really wants to make waves. She definitely is unhappy with the Dobbs decision. So 
I thought there will be a lot more lawsuits after the Dobbs decision. Uh, this is, the, in my opinion, the most significant one first. In this DC case, it's a criminal case. A group of people, I think mostly women, they were prosecuted criminally for blocking access to abortion clinics. These are the criminal defendants. They filed a motion to dismiss the case because they said, hey, now the Dobbs decision is saying abortion is, uh, you know, should be decided by the state. Therefore, what we did to the abortion clinics should no longer be considered a crime. That's the argument. And for that reason, this judge brought up this issue, is that if a state force a woman to have a child, is that an involuntary servitude? And, uh, and so she asked all the parties, including the government, file briefs to decide whether from, uh, uh, the, any law that prohibit abortion can be challenged under the 13th Amendment, not the 14th Amendment anymore. Now, I want to remind everyone, if you don't remember, Roe v. Wade is an opinion without the actual controversy. What I mean is this, the real woman who wrote, who challenged the, the, this Texas law prohibiting abortion, first of all, she initially planned to go to a police station to report a sexual assault. Therefore, for the purpose to obtain permission to have an abortion. That's what she first originally did. Second, when, the, you, the, when Roe v. Wade was decided by the U.S. Supreme Court, this woman already decided to have the baby to carry the baby to the full term. So in other words, there's no, more, no, no longer a controversy. So you will find a lot of conservatives back then criticized the Roe v. Wade because they said the court should never decide a case when there's no controversy. In, in Roe v. Wade means that this woman Roe decided to have the baby. There's no more controversy. Don't say anything about abortion. Let the Texas law stand. So. The Roe v. Wade itself is a so-called advisory opinion by the court. Meaning the court, even though there's no more argument about whether this woman is going to have abortion or, 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 or have this baby, the Supreme Court back then just issued an advisory opinion saying they do believe there is a federal rights for women to have access to abortion services. So he actually has no controversies, advisory opinion. So what this judge, uh, I think her name is Colleen, uh, my apology, you can Google her. Uh, basically, she, she's basically, what she is coming up with can go up to the US Supreme Court again. Because this time, there is a real controversy. Because the criminal defendant in this case saying abortion should have been illegal, it should have been a state matter. What we did is totally kosher. We should not be considered a criminal anymore because of the Dobbs decision. So now if this judge got her way with all the opinion coming up, she may issue a declaratory judgment on that. And that declaratory judgment saying to force a woman 
to bring a child to uh, to bring a pregnancy to a full term, he should be considered as a involuntary servitude. That instantly will become a Thirteenth Amendment issue. It will be appealed upstairs, back to the U.S. Supreme Court. And I love it. I thought there could have been. Uh, I thought there will be far more lawsuit than what we have now. And I, I and I love it. So so that is the background of this case. So with that said, I'm going to give the floor to Heidi and let her talk about, you know, whether this concept will 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 will, will stand up, will will be strike down. Go ahead, Heidi. Well, <clears throat> I'm not very good at monologuing, uh, and I'm not familiar with the details of either case. Uh, in fact, that what you just said about Roe v. Wade, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, the most I knew was I had seen a review of, uh, I guess there was a movie made about it, and Chapo Trap House um, did a review on it. And it was interesting uh, to hear more of the, the specifics on it. Um, the only thing I can say, because I tend to be a concise uh, speaker, is uh, as far as women's bodies and pregnancy are concerned, it is a hugely important issue. And it seems to be uh, something that um, throughout, even predating any kind of organized religion, uh, a matter of uh, patriarchy, um, a hierarchical uh, concept that uh, the men are basically the ones with the authority, and that mainly is due to their physical stature. So um, we did talk about this a little bit yesterday with Lee. I almost got him to uh, <laughs> agree with me. He agreed with me partially, anyway, on mm -hmm. the point that um, men, their um, natural uh, 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 instinct toward women is to be protective, uh, provide for, and to possess. Um, you know, in the sense that uh, if they if they take a woman as a mate, they they want uh, physical uh, uh, devotion, loyalty, so as to uh, be sure that if the woman becomes pregnant, it will be his child. And then um, he feels obligated to that, then therefore uh, protect both the woman and the child and provide for their um, sustenance. So uh, I, I think it's kind of a uh, human nature thing. Um, I, and I've uh, been a little uh, personally uh, offended by some aspects of it um, in my relationships in the past. Uh, and I have to, you know, find a way to come to terms with, um, you know, my my obligations also. But as it's, as it stands for as a legal issue with uh, any kind of pregnancy, uh, childbirth or child rearing, um, women are, uh, how can I put it, <laughs> uh, destined uh, to to take the brunt of it. And I can't imagine any kind of fair legal system uh, de uh, declaring that a uh, woman would be uh, legally obligated to go through with a pregnancy, uh, give birth to a child, which, by the way, is to this day sometimes fatal, which means she's taking her, uh, she's risking her life to be able to give a child life. So it, I can't see uh, any uh, law being um, upheld or considered fair uh, that uh, forces 
a woman to go through with a pregnancy or and or childbirth. Uh, to me, it's uh, cut and dry. Absolutely, uh, it would be considered slavery. It is our body. It is our choice. If we cannot walk away from a situation, that means we are being detained. And as far as I know, legally speaking, that is not allowed uh, unless there is probable cause and uh, from a, an authoritative body like the police or a sheriff's office. So I guess that's kind of all I have to say about it. Um, but I can absolutely participate in a conversation and answer questions. Yeah, everybody else feel free to join. Uh, join. You know, I just want to add what uh, Heidi said. Uh, but later, I'm going to play the devil's advocates here. Uh, the uh, about the, uh, the women being the property of a man. That, in my opinion, is it is a uh, uh, troubling uh, narrative in the in the in the constitution uh, around the time when the constitution was made. Uh, again, men are master of domain. They may say, "Well, a queen's castle is a part of a man's domain, so therefore, men have the total ownership of a woman." Uh, I remember reading an article about the Third Amendment, which is prohibiting, like, uh, 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 quartering soldiers in the civilian's home during wartime, okay? What I uh, learned from that article is this. When the founding fathers made those amendments, they actually is not just concerned ab about their properties being damaged by the soldiers. They are actually concerned about the women, um, of their women, their women as their property, to be disturbed by the soldiers. I was like, boy, that makes perfect sense. So, in other words, the founding father said that that this Bill of Rights, the Third Amendment, is not just for their property protection. They actually also want to protect their women as their property. So, this is the one thing. There's a truth in that. Because then again, if that's true, it goes back to Ruth Bader Ginsburg's argument that this abortion issue is a 14th Amendment issue, right? Which, which I am going to talk about in the last episode, in the fifth episode, about this master of domain, of domain versus queen of castle. Does our constitution, our constitution originally may not imply the equal treatment of both genders at law. But the 14th Amendment, which is added after the Civil War, requires to do that. So so, so you will go back to the RBG's original argument. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to add the this decision to take uh, I mean, the right to abortion away from women, it puts the it allows for rapists to make reproductive decisions within our culture. So you're really allowing a rapist to make reproductive decisions that a woman should be making when we make this decision. I just want to. Absolutely. That is a, a huge part of the, the problem or the issue. Go ahead, Sin. So, I, I mean, you guys know I'm, I'm pretty, people have talked to me about this before. Like, I think a lot about abortion. I don't think that it's a very easy conversation, but. I think about it a lot as a parent because I find it 
very odd that there are so many states that would allow kids as young as 12 years old, according to the law, to get an abortion without parent involvement when they can't even get a strep throat culture without parent involvement. And in those cases, I am concerned that actually somebody who raped or sexually abused that child may be getting away with it because they may be the one driving them to the clinic. Absolutely. Actually, I'm reading my old notes. This is back in July last year when I'm preparing these five episodes for the Dobbs decision. I was noting to myself that it would be nice. I mean, it's an urban youth rights for abortion services approved by their parents. I was like, this can be a good case because it's not about even you don't need to bring up the, even the rape or molest, uh, uh, sexual molestation, literally just an unplanned pregnancy due to the sexual activity at high school. When the parent, both the person, the, 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 the young teenager herself and the, her parents believe as a part of their family planning thing, they prefer not to have a child at this time. Do they have the rights to, you know, to have that abortion services? And if not, is that a forced labor? Is this an involuntary servitude? I believe it is. Uh, I, and I hear what Sin's saying. I, I saw a Law & Order episode about that, I think, one, once upon a time, where the um, abortion was... I don't remember if it was determined or decided to uh, to not be allowed or not, but the uh, the question was uh, the, uh, about destroying evidence. So the uh, the fetus was if it were be if it were to be brought to term and uh, DNA tested, it would be evidence of rape and incest, and that is a huge huge part of the problem. See and 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 and. Issues like this are part of what also increases the divide because, you know, there are parents that are outraged by the situation. And then they also introduced, it was in New York that they signed this crazy bill that you could have an abortion up until like basically the day, the due date. Um, and it's very hard for me to imagine in my mind a situation where an abortion would be less traumatic somehow than a birth. I mean, if you have a fully developed fetus that can breathe at this point, like if you took the child out of the woman's belly, there's a good chance this kid is going to survive. Like that's no longer an abortion. And to me, that is, you know, there are situations where, you know, there was a baby that was born like without a skull or something crazy like that, where they, this kid is not going to have any quality of life at all and they're just going to die and it's going to be a terrible death, you know, then you're talking about euthanasia, right? And so, you know, things like talking about such extreme late term abortion are another things that become, you know, like people get very freaked out and they, and they start to get more, you know, kick, you know, digging their heels into one side or the other. And there's just no reason for it, unless it is deliberate to get people to fight with each other. There's no reason for it, this type of legislation at all. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I honestly think the law should just stay the hell out of my uterus. It should be me and my family and my doctor making the decision oh, I, everywhere. That should be every woman's choice. 
Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, I, I uh, first of all, I know exactly what uh, sin is brought in. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, as I mentioned, I, I think he, I think he has the best explanation about Roe v. Wade before the Dobbs decision in 2012, if I remember correctly. There is a YouTube clip about what he said. He said Roe v. Wade is the right conclusion, but the, but the method deciding that is wrong. I totally agree with him because the Dobbs, Roe v. Wade's the deliberation done in Roe v. Wade by an all-man court is deliberated in a way that the whole issue is put on a slippery slope that created all these arguments like what Sin has brought up and also brought to the point of Dobbs' decision. Uh, because uh, in my opinion is this, it's going back to the HIPAA. Like what Heidi just said, what happened to that woman's body is completely in her own rights and her doctors. No one else need to know whether it's a partial abortion or whatever. I, it's, it, whether the, the, my, my argument is that under HIPAA, the government actually have no rights to know what's happening in that woman's body. And, that, and her doctor has no rights to disclose that for law enforcement purposes whatsoever. And uh, and uh, now, uh, well, go ahead, Sin, if you have anything else to say, because, uh, you know, I, I may want to play devil's advocates after this, <laughs> just to make sure I upset Heidi today. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we got to keep it interesting. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm good. That's just what I had on my mind. Okay, I'm going to think along the... Uh, the, from the state, okay. I'm I'm the governor of Mississippi, right? You know, I read a lot of those uh, totalitarian mayors and the governors in the civil rights days. Uh, I was like, a, I'm a very, I'm a person with very high moral values and all that. You know, I strongly believe when some when a man and a woman are having sex, uh, having sex, they should be respectable. You know, they, they, they should know whether their sex will produce a, a child. You know, I consider a fertilized egg is a child, is a life, okay? So the state, as a governor, I will say, it's the woman's poor family planning. I will consider those grossly negligent or even criminally negligent. Therefore, it's morally and legally okay to force this uh, woman to carry an unplanned pregnancy to full term. Because she should have known better. We have put out all the TV commercials, newspaper ads, everything saying, hey, you need to, you know, be mindful that, uh, you know, a fertilized egg is a, is a child. And uh, you should, you know, you should be careful about all this. And you're so, you know, you know, so just grossly negligent. Let me and ask you, you Governor. Let yes. me ask you, Governor. Is is the education system in your state abstinence only education when it when it uh, uh, pertains to sex? Well, we can improve in that regard, right? If you think we are not doing a good job about the uh, early childhood uh, in, uh, sex education in the high school or middle school, we can expand that. We can teach kids uh, as young as seven year old of sex, and uh, you know and. Uh, we can improve that, but fundamentally, when you kill those babies in your belly, that's just morally unacceptable. And you, you when you have sex, you should have known that. Well, yes, well, Governor, Governor, that you have a point, 
but uh, let's let's uh, talk about the uh, availability of birth control. Also, are we uh, giving this birth control out for free to these young women? And is male birth control being made available? Yes. Well, the medicine is going to advance, right? If the the about the male uh, responsibility about uh, birth control. We may consider to pass a law to have the man be responsible for a fertilized egg. Would you accept that if we do that? And would you be willing to have that child? Not necessarily, because because here's the thing. Not every uh, relationship is something that should continue. What about uh, toxicity? What if the uh, relationship is is something where uh, you could potentially have uh, some kind of domestic violence issue? You can't force somebody to stay in a relationship to raise a child or be financially obligated to pay for a child that they don't ever get to see. And even if they do get to see that, the state being involved and in, in forcing this is all very draconian and oppressive. Well, we... Uh... We do consider the situation of incest and rapes. And uh, before the Roe v. Wade, Texas has a law saying unless the, the, the fertilized egg is a result of a sexual assault, you know, uh, if it is a, se- a result of a sexual assault, the, the, the woman can have an abortion. So, you know, we are, we are very considerate of those situations. Plus, by the way, uh, the, the men's advocates may say the women should have known how to close their uh, legs when having <laughs> sex. And, uh, you know, that's entirely their responsibility. They should have known better. And, uh, and they did not protect themselves. So, therefore, the thing, it's a part of Yes? Governor, uh, not, how does your... in fact, every form of birth control is none of them are 100% effective. And yes, of course, I, I agree with you that adults should be responsible in their sexual behavior. But what if it happens? Sometimes mistakes are made. Sometimes nature just takes its course. We have to allow women to have the freedom to have an abortion if something like that happens. And why can't we protect women the way that your state protects rapists? <laughs> well, Mr. Brady, you have to be specific about which law that uh, we are protecting the rapist. And uh, Mississippi, go ahead, right? Brady. <laughs> you said Mississippi. <laughs> am I correct? Yes, I did. You said Mississippi. <laughs> all right. So e- even with all these uh, blame assignments is set, well, e- our state is the most humane state, um, and we focus on the on the uh, on the well-beings of all our citizens, born and unborn. Uh, our state is willing to provide all the uh, 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 social services and the money needed to bring this child to full term. And as for all the uh, blames, blaming you guys just said, no blame can be assigned to this unborn child. And our state is willing to pay every single penny to, to bring this child to full term. And, that is the, that is fantastic, and and I can't fault you for uh, wanting to uh, protect a new life. But here's another aspect of um, child rearing and uh, relationships that most people don't realize: the emotional labor that women put into uh, these kinds of situations is not something that's ever compensated for. What about this woman's uh, feeling of obligation and all of her lost opportunities to be able to pursue, say, a career? 
if she has a baby, she's not going to be able to take care of it and have a career and be able to devote the time to uh, put into, say, if she wants to become a lawyer or a governor. Well, I, I feel defeated anyway. And uh, <laughs> so, but I tried, I will say. Uh, well, t- t- thank you, Heidi, for, for all these arguments. I, I want to say is this is that this. This uh, Washington D.C. case is very interesting in the sense that I hope many women's group will file so-called amicus brief in this regard, because in my opinion, it's definitely a new channel. Uh, the 13th Amendment is a new channel, a new argument to bring up to the U.S. Supreme Court to to argue whether you know whether the state can force a woman to carry a implant pregnancy to full term, and what is the uh, in uh, the, the the entire cost, the total cost of that labor, and are women nearly uh, uh, compensated, you know, uh, properly for, you know, for for that kind of labor? So so you know, so I want to do this today's episode simply because I think this federal court judge really brought up a great argument, and uh, and uh, and I have nothing else to say, Heidi. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I agree. I have to say with, uh, with what Sin said, um, she, I, I like that she brought up that it's a wedge issue, um, and it keeps us fighting amongst ourselves. Um, but beyond that, it really is something that is a personal private matter and it should not be, um, addressed by the state or the federal government. It should be, uh, something that is, uh, just for a, a woman to decide. And I am coming from a, a place of, I don't approve of women using abortion as birth control, but it is not my, it is not a decision I would want to make for any other woman. That is my choice for my body. And I hope to teach my daughter that also. And it does, I think there has to be a cultural aspect and consideration to it, uh, just like with smoking and drinking and, you know, other things uh, that are unhealthy, possibly, or uh, detrimental. It's something that, um, as a society, we we should condone or, or decry socially. I really honestly do not think that laws have to be written and put into effect at, uh, as it regards a woman's body and right to choose abortion if she wants one. And how exactly would you plan on enforcing these laws, Mr. Mm-hmm. That's another good point. Yeah. I mean, really, I have said it in the beginning. I said it last year. I think HIPAA law is already standing in the way of any possible state enforcement of anti-abortion laws because it's just not possible. To learn. In other words, it's almost like the slavery time again is that where the slave goes, they first go to the north. It's a free state. But some of them actually don't even trust that they will have their freedom in the northern state. They will go to Canada. Right? Abortion is the same thing. For all these medical records, then the women will seek this kind of a services somewhere else. Or maybe, like I said earlier, is that they may uh, get those uh, 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 abortion pills in mail. From even uh, from other countries, and uh, you know, I'm not going to blame them because these are all very private matters, and uh, you cannot enforce law without evidence. And the HIPAA is uh, standing in the way of obtaining those evidence. You know, you know what so I, I fear, just, though, Peter. Mm-hmm. 
what I fear, what I fear in that regard, uh, this is something that was brought up uh, on Lee's show the first night. Uh, there was a um, suggestion made that uh, people, you know, women using technology to track their menstrual cycles could be accessed by the government in the same way that the government is now using third party um, vendors basically to censor speech. They might be able to get around that HIPAA protection by using these um, third party apps and algorithms because algorithms are not uh, conscious beings. So there's no problem with using um, using them for something at, you know, when it comes to protected health information, uh, it's not a conscious being. So it can't it's not going to remember it or pass it on or use it fraudulently or whatever the other concerns are uh, where it regards HIPAA. So I think we have to be uh, concerned about that going forward, that uh, this could potentially be an issue of of uh, how to track men, uh, women's menstrual cycles. Yeah, that that brings up another uh, topic which I w- actually want to talk about in the in the in the Rosa Park episode uh, two weeks from today. Is uh, this word is used quite a bit uh, during the this uh, Ukraine war crisis? It's called a, a cry of aggression. Uh, what I'm going to show in the Rosa Park uh, episode is that it's the police who actually committed a crime of aggression. Uh, in what going back to what Heidi's just said, when the government take a specific action to op- obtain a third party solution, commercial solution, to illegally, without a search warrant, to obtain citizens' private information, that is a crime of aggression, just like the NSA surveillance and all that. I am those who believe, strongly believe this government is really breaking the law as a habit. It's a habitual breaker of law, basically. And uh, yes, I I totally agree with uh, Heidi in that regard. Uh, I have said in my previous episode about this uh, Dobbs decision, the first one about HIPAA. Under the HIPAA law, each woman have the rights uh, to write a letter to their healthcare providers and any third party vendors that have their data, uh, their health data information, saying under the HIPAA law, I am giving you specific instruction that you are not to disclose any or all or some of my health health information to any parties, including the government, without my written authorization. Under the HIPAA law, actually, each woman can do that. Uh, I actually, like I said earlier, I thought there will be a lot more lawsuits and activism in addition to protests, street protests, to actually, you know, stick our privilege and claim against the government, saying, no, under the existing law, you cannot do that, you know. And uh, I was uh, uh, going back to our, what RBG said. This question is, it is a 14th Amendment question, whether the government treats women equally as they treat men. You know, unless the federal government changed the HIPAA law, make a so-called abortion exception, <laughs> saying that if if the health records is related to uh, abortion, childbearing, then the government had the right to, to see it. Then it will instantly start a 14th Amendment lawsuit, right? Yeah. 
I am just horrified at the concept that the government might possibly be getting that involved in my menstrual cycle. Holy like, privacy. And, and then they vaccinate the baby right away. Yeah. They circumcise mm-hmm. and vaccinate it right away. And I wanted to ask the governor what he felt a fitting punishment should be for women who get abortions anyway. That's a great question. Let me think. Let me go through my evil mind, okay? <laughs> Boy, should there be public humiliation? <laughs> like a parade on the street? Scarlet letter? No. Scarlet, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I do not know what they're going to come up with. I truly don't because... Uh, just wait till I do my uh, Rosa Parks episode. It's going to be fascinating. And because uh, I cannot believe what I see. And uh, because I'm looking at the real document, the original document with a handwriting on those legal documents. And I see what happened. So I'm going to share that with you. I, I, I was like, wow, how dare these people do this kind of things? So going back what uh, Brady is asking. The people in these southern states are quite creative. I'll put it that way. And uh, you may say they're stupid, but they, they are creative to be stupid. And uh, so I do not know. So I I have to think about it, what kind of a punishment I should come up with. But I thought that the force them to have the pregnancy to full term is enough of a punishment. Uh, because uh, if I if I go overboard, I might get uh, back backlashes, I guess. Right. So. Maybe just, you know, having them have the baby. It's good enough of punishment. Ugh. <laughs> and then having to raise it. Well, I suppose they, they have the option of adoption at that point. I don't know. That uh, any kind of forced um, servitude is is just horrifying to me. Got anything, Sin? I mean, I was just thinking about what you were saying about women wanting a career, but I think more often when they're pregnant and considering abortion, they think that they won't be able to support their child in the situation that they're in. You know? Well, the the problem with uh, only looking at that aspect, though, is that's something that can be mitigated with child care and additional financial support. I wanted to get the point through that there are things that uh, obligate, like uh, take a woman's time uh, that, again, an emotional labor, which, again, uh, she's not being paid for. She's not being compensated. You know, like mothers don't get um we don't get a wage. We don't get a salary. We have to financially uh, be be financially dependent on men for that, our families, whatever. Um, but the the idea is that I and I know this from my own personal uh, life. I lost a lot of opportunities when I chose to have my baby instead of uh, giving him up for adoption or getting an abortion. I could have gone to college. I could have had a career. Uh, there's a lot of things that I, I maybe could have pursued. I mean, like, I'm not going to sit there and cry about it, though, because uh, in my personal situation, having the baby was actually a healthy thing because I was uh, caught in I, I was on a, a, a path of self-destruction. So having the baby was actually a good thing for my case. And it gave me, you know, like 
uh, a reason to live. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was a, yeah. a reason to improve yeah. my Women life. get healthy for their babies. That, yes. That's so true. And it gives you a sense of like you realize, you recognize how important you are to that little person and, and all that. Exactly. When I worked at the hospital, I don't know if I brought this up the last time we talked about this. I worked with uh, two teenagers that were CNAs um, who got pregnant at the same time, and they both decided to get an abortion. And afterwards, they both talked about that it was disturbing for them, um, the, the part where... You know, they have to do an ultrasound before they do the abortion. And that was the first time they had actually seen the fetus. And they both, like, believed it was a girl, you know, that they had girls. And, 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 you know, one of them said that, you know, at that point, she wondered if she should really do it. But it was already go time. And so they were moving forward with it. And she ended up having the abortion. And I, I do think that there are women who you know, have had abortions and then have had regrets about it afterwards as well. Um, and I, I wonder, does it seem like imposing religion or something to talk about embryology, to, to educate people about, you know, sort of the stages of development and, you know, what your fetus most likely looks like right now, or to even allow them to see the fetus before they have the abortion like, does that seem offensive? I don't think it's offensive necessarily. Uh, I think it is something that should be a driven, uh, a point that's driven home um, because women should understand the the depth of what they're doing. It is emotionally scarring, I agree. You know, it's traumatizing, but it's also something that is true. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and sometimes yeah. you have to face truth and reality in your life in order to grow as a person or, or even just to function, um, properly, you know, like, uh, grasping, um, uh, the, the, uh, uh, importance of life is something that, that young women are, are faced with, you know, just because we happen to be the vessels for life, you know, the ones who carry right. the children. Um, so I, I see what you're saying and I, um, I can't say that I, I don't support at least, uh, the, the um, education. The yes. The education and the attempt to get it through to people, how, uh, how I, you know, like, cause I don't want to say that it's brutal or vicious, um, I, because I do believe that there are times where it is absolutely the better choice for a young woman uh, to get an abortion rather than, um, it, you know, like cause get, uh, going through with a pregnancy and giving the baby up is it can be just as as uh, traumatic. You know what I mean? And that's a lifelong thing where um, if you get an abortion, it's something that, you know, it puts an end to it. There's a point on it, you know, like a. Um, it, it, and it can be um, uh, tolerated probably better than, than if you have a child out there who you hope doesn't hate you for, for giving up on it. So, um, yeah, emotionally speaking, I, I, I agree 
that yeah it's uh it's a tough call and there again this is the reason why i don't want to see laws drawn up about it because these are very personal issues these in very human issues and when you put something down uh, as law on paper and make it apply to everyone across the board it's never going to take every uh possible scenario into consideration and it's it should be challenged on on the most um extreme uh situations it it shouldn't be it shouldn't be legislated it's like trying to legislate morality you can't make uh morals into law it doesn't you know like we society doesn't work that way and and it it's only going to in my view it's only going to cause uh backlash or uh what do they call that blowback yeah i i just don't yeah. see it as being uh, beneficial to society what you and uh, uh, Heidi and Sin just discussed, to me, these are fascinating detail with one exception that I always reminded myself, is that this is a private deliberation about whether to have abortion or not. And uh, it's not my business, basically. It's a private conversation, private discussion, and, uh, and uh, I... You know, it's it's like if my neighbor, if I know my neighbor is eating dogs, which I'm very much against, do I have the right to invade his uh, house, his backyard, plant some listening device to find out? And all that, I don't think I have the right to do that because it's a private matter. If As long as there's no law saying, you know, prohibiting this and that. So what I'm trying to say is that when I did this adopt decision episode last year, I have a call-in member email me, uh, DM me those, uh, he will call the horrifying images about late-term abortion and all that. I wasn't, I was like, I never responded because I told everyone, I'm not advocating killing babies. I'm just asking the question is that, is there a privacy interest there between a woman and his and her physician about her reproductive organs and what's going on there. And of course, I'm going to talk about it in the episode five of this, uh, of, of, of this series. You know, again, it's going to be if, uh, if Jerry, Kramer, and George can be master of their domains, then is Elaine allowed to be the queen of her own castle? Right, you know, I want to make it a little lighter because, uh, and I want to use some actual cases when some of the convictions against at least one very high-profile pedophile was reversed and vacated in Delaware, and I want to show how the Constitution protect men's rights to be a pedophile while they would allow a woman's privacy rights to be violated so easily. So, so that's what I want to add. As a little plug for my for for the next uh, DOS decision episode. Absolutely, totally looking forward to it. And you know, I guess uh, as a final point, if you're wrapping this up, Peter, I would say that if we, as a society, wanted to be more humane and um, and protect life in all its forms uh, to the best of our ability, 
we should absolutely be providing every necessary uh, advantage or uh, for, for providing for every need of a woman who's going through a pregnancy, every need of that child once it's born, every need as far as childcare, food, health care, education, shelter, um, and we should be exalting women when they are pregnant and as mothers, um, basically honoring them and making them feel like, because I can understand that we, we can't as a capitalist uh, 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 system, we wouldn't be able to afford to pay women uh, monetarily uh, for for their time and, and the effort that they put into raising a child or having and raising a child. But we absolutely should not be allowing anybody to be calling children crotch goblins or calling women who have, yeah, I know, I hate that. <laughs> I've or, never or heard that one. Or allowing anybody to call women sluts or whores for for their sexual activity, um, we should be uh, it, it, we should be um, celebrating it. You know, if sexual activity is is what creates this life, um, there's no judgment that should be made on a woman in the way she conducts herself. Uh, it, we should be making uh, making the path for her golden, basically. If she decides to go through with the pregnancy and have the baby and raise it, we should make sure that there is no uh, no um, barriers or, or uh, burdens on her aside from that baby, taking care of that baby. It should be a, a very honorable position. And we should also legalize prostitution in case something happens to the father, um, which happens often. And beyond that, I just wanted to offer that the cult of Yahweh going back years, you know, they, I think the promise of Christianity, Islam, all these religions is a woman for every man. And the way that they achieved this in ancient times was by sacrificing the firstborn son of every Gentile. They, they forced certain groups of people to sacrifice the firstborn son. And then they enforced circumcision. And over the years, their methods have become less overtly evil and psychopathic. And they've become more. That is an interesting. Uh, interesting. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. All right. I know today's a Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, I'm pretty sure some of you have uh, some plans, other plans. And uh, I appreciate uh, everyone on the on the panel and the listeners as well. Hi, July. And uh, sorry, uh, I, I just saw your text. So yeah, let's uh, close it for today and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And uh, I will see you all uh, uh, next Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Thank you, again. Peter. Likewise, Peter, great Thank show. You. Thank you, sir. I was Thank you, Heidi. Bye. <laughs> I, I was doing this. All right. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> the game is rigged. We already know the results. All right? of America is rigged. Start to wake up, people. <laughs> so true. Yep, it's being run by a mafia. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. 100%.